There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. This is going to be a very interesting and intriguing episode of Revealing the True Light. 12 Ways God Speaks. I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast, you are a spiritual-minded person and you desire to connect with the Creator whether or not you have actually taken the step to become a follower of Jesus or if you belong to a different worldview or mindset. Still, I believe in your heart of hearts, you want to hear God speak into your life. You want to connect with ultimate reality. And I believe this is going to help you do that very thing. Now, much of the information I'm going to share comes from an article written by a dear friend of mine, Ben Godwin, who pastors a church in Good Springs, Alabama. But Ben used to travel with me many years ago, and his parents actually prayed for me to find the Lord Jesus Christ back in 1970. They were part of a prayer group that read about me in the Tampa Tribune newspaper, how I was teaching Kundalini Yoga at four universities, and I was running a yoga ashram. And their prayer group, which was a 24-hour prayer chain, began lifting me up before God every hour of every day. And it was miraculous how God brought me into the kingdom. And Ben Godwin, who wrote the article, 12 Ways God Speaks, is the son of the man and woman who were part of that prayer group. So I'm very connected with the family and very appreciative of all they've meant to me. Now, I'm going to rearrange the material, but I believe it's in an order that would be more logical for us in this podcast presentation. Number one, the first and foremost way that God speaks to every human being is through the creation and through nature. And the best biblical passage I can share on that subject, on that theme, is Psalm 19, verses 1, 2, and 3. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. I believe that the grandeur of creation speaks to all of our hearts of the greater grandeur of the Creator. The magnificence of the universe speaks to us of the magnificence of God. There's no way that I can walk out under a starlit night without pondering the genius of the one who put all of that together. But then my mind goes from the macrocosm to the microcosm. And I think of the invisible world of genetics and atoms and molecules and all of that that is hidden from our view and the genius of God displayed in the divine 
order of the structure of the material world. And it gives me faith that God can also structure my life. If he can do all of that with such precision and perfection, then certainly he can bring order to the events of my earthly sojourn. And it should speak the same thing to you and much more. The second way God speaks to every human being is through the conscience. The conscience is that inward sense of what is morally right and morally wrong, and it carries with it the desire to do what is morally right. The word conscience is only found in the New Testament of the Bible, and it is translated from a word that means to see completely. And I like to expand that to the meaning of seeing from God's perspective. In other words, we understand morality, we understand integrity from God's point of view, and we are convicted in our hearts through the conscience to live according to those standards. There is a scripture in the Bible that deals with this very subject and communicates that God speaks to every human being this way. Romans chapter 2, verses 14 through 16 says, When Gentiles who do not have the law, and Gentiles are all the nations outside of Israel, when Gentiles who do not have the law, and the law is the first five books of the Bible, which is also called the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. And so one day we will give an account to the Creator of our response in our minds to the influence of conscience. And conscience is that part of the spirit, the human spirit, that is still functional even though we are in a fallen state. And when a person is born again, the Bible says that God purges our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So it becomes all the more sensitive and it becomes all the more powerful in influencing us and convicting our hearts concerning the directions we should take in life and the choices we should make. God is daily speaking to us in our consciences, even in matters like our response to attitudes around us that are negative or influences we face in life that could darken our hearts and instead we react in a positive way. Number three, the third way God speaks to us is through coincidences. Coincidences, I like to say, are God's way of working a miracle and remaining anonymous. One of the greatest quote-unquote coincidences that I could share with you happened many years ago when I was ministering at a church in Orlando, Florida, and I just happened to be staying with my father that weekend. And at that time, my father and mother lived in Winter Park, Florida, which is just outside of Orlando. 
My cousin Sam was a heroin addict, and I had not seen or talked with him for many, many years. He was in Washington, D.C. He'd lost everything. He'd lost his wife, his children, his home, his self-respect, his high-paying corporate job, and he was living on the streets in an old beat-up Volkswagen bug. He was at the bottom, and he shot up some heroin, and God spoke to him. Yes, God can speak to people who are not in a relationship with him yet. And God moved on his heart with this overwhelming compulsion to go to Winter Park, Florida, and visit his uncle, Uncle Andy, that he had not seen in many years. It was a coincidence that I happened to be staying with my parents the same weekend. But I don't call it a coincidence. I call it a God incidence. See, God gets involved in details in our lives, whether we're saved or unsaved, whether we are born again or not yet in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Creator is concerned about every human being, especially those in desperate situations like my cousin. Well, I felt like I could talk to Sam better if he and I were just talking together. So I waited until my parents went to bed. And then I said, Sam, you're high, aren't you? He said, yeah, man, I've been on smack, which was a term for heroin, for several years, and I've lost everything. He explained to me how his life had been destroyed through the use of the drug. And I began to share the Word of God with him. Now, this is the fourth way that God speaks to us, just through the written word. I took him from one scripture to the next. Scriptures like, for this cause, the Son of God came into the world to destroy the works of the devil and how Jesus could destroy the things that had been destructive in Sam's life. Or scriptures like, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Or Romans 10, verses 8 through 10, that talks about the word of faith, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And I explained to him our dilemma, that according to Isaiah's writings, our sins have separated us from God. And I'm sure that the written word spoke to him. And certain parts of what I said, just quoting the written word, actually were quickened by the Holy Spirit in a very relevant and present tense way to him when he was listening. And that's when the written word, the logos, becomes the living word, the rhema, which are the two Greek words translated into the term word. The written word is Genesis to Revelation, but when the written word is expounded or shared, God will take certain passages and quicken them or fill them with a specific kind of insight for the person who is listening, and it becomes the living word where God is speaking directly into that person's life. Well, that happened with Sam, and then God moved on him in the next way that he speaks to us. He said, man, I'm ready. I'm tired of this life. I've got to get a change in my life. I've got to turn around and go a better direction. So we knelt down and we began praying. And all of a sudden, God gave him deliverance. He looked at me with a surprised look on his face and he said, I'm not high anymore. 
I don't feel that heroin high at all. And he said, I feel this power in the air all around me. I said, that's the sweet Holy Spirit, Sam. And when he comes on the inside, it feels even more powerful. So he got down to business praying, praying like a pro, like he'd been praying his entire life. And he started seeking God passionately. Oh, God, come to me. Save me. Fill me with your presence. Pour out your power. Change my life. Give me strength to overcome. And he looked up at me all of a sudden, surprised again. He said, something just happened. I just had a, and he stumbled around trying to find the right words. He said, it was more real than a hallucination. I said, a vision? He said, yes, I believe I just had a a vision. And then he began to communicate to me what he saw. And it allowed me to see even more than I ever had before that God speaks to people on their own level in very simple yet profound ways. And he said, Mike, I saw me and the Lord in a wrestling ring and the Lord had me in a half Nelson, and I was crying, uncle, uncle, uncle. I said, Sam, everybody else I know gets saved crying Jesus, but if you can be saved crying uncle, you just go ahead and approach God that way, because it means I surrender, and his life was completely changed. He came off of heroin and had no symptoms of ever being addicted. He did not go through cold turkey, and he was free completely, and within a few weeks got baptized in the Holy Spirit and called into the ministry. What a profound change. When God speaks into your life, change is going to happen. It started with a coincidence. Then next, the written word of God was presented to him. Then next, Portions of what I shared of the written word became living word to him. And then next, God gave him a vision. And so these are some of the ways God speaks to us. The next category I want to go into is signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. It is not wrong to ask God for a sign. There are many incidences in Scripture where sincere, devoted lovers of God and worshipers of God asked God for a specific sign, and it was given because they genuinely wanted to know the will of God or insight into a certain matter. Like Gideon, who laid out a fleece, which is the skin of a sheep, and he asked God to put dew on the fleece and let the ground around it be dry as a sign if he was supposed to attack the Midianite army. And then he asked for a reverse of that, where the dew would be on the ground, but not on the fleece. And and God gave him the sign that he requested. When people who are insincere ask God for signs in order to force God's hand to prove himself in some way, God withholds it from them, but God delights to give you signs of the direction you should go in life. I asked God for a sign the day I found Jesus. I was a teacher of yoga at four universities. I was very devoted to Eastern religions. I was very involved in meditation, 
and I received a letter from an old friend of mine telling me that he had been born again and that Jesus was the only way. And I dedicated a whole day to Jesus and said, if you are the only way, if you're the way, the truth, and the life, like you said in John 14, verse 6, then give me a sign today. And one of the members of the prayer group that had been praying for me for several weeks picked me up hitchhiking. And when I stepped into his van, I looked up and on the ceiling was a picture of Jesus. I had been praying for a sign all day long that if Jesus was the answer, he would show me. And as soon as my eyes saw that picture, it exploded in my heart. This is the sign you asked for. That happens. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt by signs and wonders. And a wonder is a miraculous event that fills your heart with awe when God does it. And I've certainly seen that as well. So that's the seventh way God speaks to us, through signs and wonders. Number eight is angelic visitations. Now, we are commanded in Scripture not to try and interact with angels, to not to try and actively receive communication from them. You're bound to be deceived by demonic forces impersonating angels if you do. But from time to time, at God's will, he may commission an angel to manifest to us in some way. And I've had that happen one time in my life. I've been walking with God 50 years and only had an angel come to me one time. I have sensed the presence of angels many times, but I have only actually seen one one time. And that was in a dream, a tremendous dream that God gave me where I saw a man of God holding a scroll, and the angel came up and wrote on the scroll these words, healing is the expression of God's love. And that was a profound revelation to me because I had fallen into the erroneous idea that healing was something you almost had to coerce God into doing by making him feel obligated to fulfill his word by quoting his word repetitiously. And God was saying, I don't heal because I'm forced into it. I heal because I love. And then I heard in the distance, in the dream, a man of God crying aloud and saying, there are even some who will receive creative power. And the dream was over. And 40 days later, I had a manifestation of that creative power in one of my meetings where a totally crippled person that had been crippled through a car accident and a birth deformity, both legs were twisted around. And that person got healed and ran around the church. It was absolute ecstasy in that place that night when we saw God move. Well, that was a tremendous revelation to me when that angel came to me and wrote on the scroll, Healing is the expression of God's love. But all through the Bible, we find the angel of the Lord visiting people. Like Mary, the mother of Jesus, the angel Gabriel came to her and said, Hail you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And went on to tell her how even though she was a virgin, she would conceive by the Holy Spirit and bring forth a child who would be the Son of God. Yes, God uses angels to speak to us. Sometimes, though, he comes to us personally and speaks with an audible voice. 
You may think that God only speaks audibly to those who are in a relationship with him. But the first time I find God speaking audibly to someone in the Bible after the fall of Adam and Eve was when he spoke to Cain. When Cain and Abel had offered up sacrifices and God witnessed of Abel's sacrifice that he approved it, but he did not witness of Cain's sacrifice, and Cain was troubled by all of that. And then God spoke to him audibly, and God said, if you do well, you will be accepted, but if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And it was God's way of warning him that if he didn't come to God with a proper kind of approach, that there would be an open door to temptation. And of course, shortly after that, he fell prone to the temptation to strike his brother. And whether he intended to murder him or not is up to question. But unfortunately, the first account of someone's death through the hand of a fellow human being took place and Cain killed Abel. But God warned him. God spoke to him in an audible voice. And he wasn't in a relationship with God, really. He, he was being warned by God. So God can speak to anyone he chooses to speak to. I saw one of my cousins get saved when she heard the audible voice of God. She and her husband came to one of my meetings. Chip came because he had a withered arm. He'd lost his job at the post office and was very troubled about it. He was not a Christian and he came with the hope that maybe God could heal him. And I preached on God's power to work the miraculous. His wife, Kitty, had never been to a church before. She was Jewish. And she was quite surprised at what went on because we were, we were charismatic Pentecostals. We had very animated worship going on in the course, the atmosphere is very lively and people respond to the message as I was presenting the word. And then I gave an invitation for those who wanted a miracle. My cousin Chip came forward. I started to lay my hands on him. And before I could actually touch his forehead, he fell out under the power of God. His withered arm came out absolutely normal and he was saved and filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began speaking in tongues, which was all much of a shock to my cousin Kitty. And she jumped up to run from the building, terrified. But God spoke to her audibly from the cross on the back wall of the church. She heard the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ say, I am your Messiah. Surrender your life to me. And she ran forward instead of running out of the church and gave her heart to the Lord Jesus. God spoke to her the day of her salvation. She wasn't doing anything to earn such a visitation. And that's where people get all confused. They think you've got to use some kind of esoteric method, some kind of complicated occultic approach in order to somehow penetrate the unknown and compel God to speak to you, but God does it when he chooses, the way he chooses, how he chooses, in the place he chooses. It's not something you can manipulate God into doing. Just walk with God throughout your entire life. 
do the best you can to serve him, to love him, to praise him, to be filled with gratitude, to be filled with joy, to love other people. And when it's important to God for you to hear his voice or to hear his communications, he'll speak and you'll know. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. When you really are walking with the shepherd, you know when he speaks. The next way God speaks is through dreams. And there are plenty of accounts in the Bible where God gave dreams to people who were not in a relationship with him, like the butler and the baker who were in prison with Joseph. You can read about that in Genesis 40, verses 5 through 8. God even gave a dream to Pharaoh, who believed in polytheism. Multiple gods were worshipped in Egypt, and all of them false gods. And yet the true God spoke to him by giving him a dream that Joseph interpreted. You can read about that in Genesis 41, verses 17 through 32. God gave a dream to a Midianite soldier about a loaf of barley bread tumbling down a mountain and crushing the tent of Midian. And he interpreted it to mean that Gideon would conquer the Midianites. Strange. And Gideon overheard that soldier talking about his dream. God gave a dream to Nebuchadnezzar that ended up an open door for Daniel to become a very influential person in the kingdom of Babylon when he interpreted that dream. And finally, God gave a dream to Pilate's wife, and she communicated it to Pilate and said, have nothing to do with that righteous man. I've suffered many things in a dream because of him. Pilate should have responded to her positively and followed her advice. So God speaks in dreams even to the unbelievers, even to those that are not worthy of it by our religious standards. But if he can speak in dreams to them, he can certainly speak in dreams to you, and you should take it seriously when you get a dream from God. And when you walk with God, there's a certain point where you learn to discern the difference between regular dreams and dreams that are from God. I'll never forget one dream where the Lord Jesus Christ himself came to me weeping. He was weeping in the dream. And he said, you know that I am the everlasting father, but there are many others who don't. And the dream was over. And I woke up with this overwhelming burden for those in this world that don't know Jesus in the role he wants to fill in your life, your Lord, your God, your Redeemer, your King. And then the next way God speaks is through a still, small voice. Usually when it's an audible voice, it's not something you hear with your ears, but something that resounds in your soul, in your spirit, in your inner man. You just hear it echoing in the echo chamber of your heart. But sometimes there's even a more subtle influence that Elijah talked about when he was on a mountain and there was a furious wind that smote the mountain and a fire, but God wasn't in the wind and God wasn't in the fire. There was an earthquake and God wasn't in the earthquake. But then he heard a still, small voice saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? So God began to communicate with him, but it wasn't that stronger, nearly audible sound but a deep inward impression. And God does that often. In fact, 
If you listen for that inward impression, God will tell you when to slow down driving on the highway. And you may not know an animal's about to run out in front of you, but that still small voice will give you that inner compulsion to slow down or a host of other things that God can speak. And finally, number 12, God can speak through people that don't even know he's speaking through them. A few times I've had God speak to me through children that were just talking to me in a normal kind of childish way, and I felt God quicken a few words that came out of that person's mouth. Sometimes just in day-to-day conversation, not even mentioning the Word of God. Every now and then, a statement is made, and I know in my heart of hearts, that's divine direction. So those are the 12 main ways that God speaks. And I'm going to pray for all of you that God will speak to you, and God will make you more sensitive to his voice when he does. Number one is through creation and nature. Number two is through the conscience. Number three is coincidences. Number four is the written word. Number five is the living word. Number six is visions. Number seven is signs and wonders. Number eight is angelic visitations. Number nine is an audible voice. Number 10 is dreams. Number 11 is a still small voice. And number 12, God speaks through people that don't even know they're being used of God. Father God, I just pray that everyone who listens to this episode of revealing the true light will become more sensitive to your voice, that they will hear your guidance, your leadership in their life, that they will feel that inward witness when you're speaking subtly in a still small voice, and that they will have visitations of dreams and visions that sometimes happen at the most unexpected times when we're not doing anything that would earn us a visitation from God like Moses when he was walking past a bush and it caught on fire and God spoke to him out of the bush. Certainly it was not something he anticipated or tried to make happen through some esoteric occultic method. He was just going through life. And Lord, as we just go through life, I pray that you'll speak to us more and more. Open our ears. We incline our ears towards you We're listening, and you said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Speak to us, Lord. We're listening. May our lives be guided by the voice of the shepherd. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light, and thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.